Welcome to Season 5 of Conversations with the Creators. Our theme for each episode is Technology for Humanity. All season long, we'll be exploring how creators are using technology to expand what's possible for humanity. Of course, there will be episodes on AI. We're also diving into electric vehicles and the impact of the pandemic on consumer travel. There are so many great topics to explore. To kick it off, here's an interview with agency innovator Sharon Napier. Hi, this is Professor Audrey Siegel, and welcome to a new season of Conversations with the Creators, a podcast series developed by Professor Neil Feinstein and me, especially for St. John students. Our goal is to inspire you as we share interviews with pros on the leading edge of creativity in advertising, marketing, and technology. I have the pleasure of introducing you to Sharon Napier, a friend and a colleague with whom I have navigated the twists and turns of the ever-evolving and never-boring advertising industry. Sharon is the founder of an independent integrated agency, Partners in Napier. She's been honored by AdAge as one of the 100 most influential women in advertising, which she most certainly is. Sharon is now board chair of the four A's, leading the industry's navigation of issues, including the use of artificial intelligence, ongoing changes in client-agency relationships, data capture, and consumer privacy. Turn up the volume and be prepared to take notes as Sharon Napier takes the mic. So Sharon, I'd like to start by asking you to tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe talk a bit about what brought you into the advertising industry and maybe even more importantly, what's kept you interested over these years? Ah, Great question, Audrey really uh, my pleasure to be here and my pleasure to really be able to have a voice for the St. John students. So thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so I'll just give you a little uh, bit of my background. Uh, as my career has grown, I, I start by saying I'm from a really small town, Lockport, New York, which is right outside of Buffalo. So growing up, I had no idea that there was even a career in advertising and marketing. I ended up going to college in Rochester, New York at St. John Fisher College and, um, you know, tried out a few things, but I was a major in sociology and economics and I ended up going into social work. And I, that's kind of what you did when, you know, you were a teacher, you were a social worker, you were a nurse. It's kind of what our generation did. Um, and I decided very quickly that it was that was not for me. So um, my first piece of advice is whenever you get an opportunity to work on something um, that's a little bit outside your comfort zone, say yes, because I was asked to work on a political campaign and um, and I thought to work on their events and marketing. And I thought, okay, I'll do that. I'm in between jobs. That will be really fun. But the head of the um, the committee for this campaign was um, ran an advertising agency. And so I worked for the next three months on this campaign, going to all the events, writing up press releases, doing all this stuff. And he said, you know what? You would be great in advertising. And I would really like to hire you. And uh, and that's how my career started. 
But it, it felt interesting when I got into it because I grew up in a very entrepreneurial and creative family. Didn't think about it as I was growing up, but my father was, you know, mother and father, first generation Italians. Uh, my father went to World War II, came back as a barber. Uh, he became allergic to the products and ended up becoming a distributor of professional beauty care products. What I what I learned is I loved going to these big hair shows in New York City with famous people and famous brands and listening to all of their stories. And so I think that was the first time I was really exposed to creativity. Mm -hmm. So um, what keeps me in the business, you asked, is that I have learned that creativity has the power to change the world. And I used to think, oh, that's pretty high and mighty, but it really <laughs> does. We can change perception, we can change desire, we can tap into culture, all those things that I think are really important. And, and one other great thing about being in this industry, you work with the most interesting people I can ever imagine working with. And Audrey, you and I have had the pleasure of working together over the years, and you make these incredible relationships that, um, you know, and it's all about who you work with, the people you work with, and how your brain is stimulated every day. You know, I have to say that listening to you, I feel like you're describing in many ways the beginning of my path in the business, um, not by design, perhaps a little by accident, and then finding that this is a business, this is an industry where you can really be so much, you can change so much, and you can be part of change. And that, that's that's an incredible career path to yeah. to you know be opened up to. So I I'm I'm I just love hearing you talk about it. When you started Partners in Napier, what were you hoping to do? What what was your, you know, kind of what was your vision? Well it's kind of interesting because I grew up in a family owned business and we always had to work in the business. I said to myself, I am never going to run my own business, but so, but an opera, you know, it's like what, um, you know, life, life creates opportunities. And, um, I worked for an agency, um, sort of, a um, a small holding company of six agencies that were having financial difficulties and I just decided with my partners that we would do a management buyout and rename our agency partners in Napier. That was almost 20 years ago. I know. So, I know. <laughs> so here I am running an agency. I am um, about, you know, my late 30s. And um, I'm like, okay. Um, we had great clients at the time. Um, not one client left, but like, what did we really want to do that was different? Well, first of all, we weren't from Madison Avenue. We were from Rochester, New York. So our goal was to be from New York, but not that New York and do it our way that we could create great work from a community that um, had so much creative talent at a, at a different cost but we could do it without being a sweatshop. We could do it with actually having a set of values that were really conducive to a, a better lifestyle. And so today we talk about mental health and not working night and day and respecting your employees. I think that was what we did from day one. And that's why partners and partners in Napier comes first. And when we launched our agency, each person when we launched came with a tag of like um, Susan, and partners, Susan, you know, um, mm -hmm. 
Doug and partners because they were the partners in the partners in Napier. So yeah. it was really important to us. And at the time, there was these above the line agencies that did all the big advertising. Yes, I was just going to ask you about that. Yeah, there were these below the line agencies that did all these specialty promotions and premiums and all that. And our whole philosophy, and I worked at, I worked, I started out with J. Walter Thompson and Ogilvy working on Kodak. I saw all those big campaigns is that at Partners in Napier, we would see no line. We were going to be able to build brands and create demand or create sales at the same time. We did not need to break them apart. And so for the right mid-sized client, we were the perfect, we had the pedigree of doing all the big stuff. And we also knew how to do all the promotional stuff. So we just merged them together. So at Partners in Napier, we see no line. And you know, it's amazing, actually, Sharon, I just want to say that when you look at, at what advertising is today, you are actually, you know, kind of a little bit ahead of the curve there in recognizing that it's all the communication, um, regardless of where it comes from, that motivates a consumer to move forward. So you really, with your agency, kind of jumped ahead a little bit there. Um, before people were talking about integration, right? We're just yeah. the way we work. We also had, you know, this really simple philosophy. We wanted to do great work with great people for great clients. And all those three, and that sounds, oh, that sounds kind of Pollyanna, but it was really something we felt very strongly about. It's like, we weren't going to hire people with big egos, you know, we, we are always going to strive to just do great work. And we wanted to be able to build a partnership with our client that was based on transparency and trust. Now, it's always not always equal and it's not always perfect, but that was the foundation of what we built Partners in APR on. So would you say that the agency over these 20 years has changed, pivoted, or become more of what it, it set out to be? I think it's, we've become more of what we set out to be. We built capabilities based on client needs. So we built out media because we were a big believer that media and creative should not be, they were bundled, then unbundled, and now we believe they should be bundled. So we created, we created a strategy and analytics group. Very important to be able to create an analytic. We created an um a team that does comms planning and audience profiling, you know, more one-to-one -one communication, more personalization. How do we make sure that we have so many channels now? What are the right channels to talk to the right audience at the right time? So we just became more of and more modern capabilities to really address our clients' needs. And so, that's advertising. There's so many tracks you can take. Yes. Data. You can be in innovation, you could be in uh, digital and UX, UX design, you could be in strategy, you could be in account service, be creative. There's just so many paths you could take. So speaking about the number of paths uh, that one can take, um, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about your work with the four A's and for the benefit of the students, if you could first maybe just tell us what the four A's is, what it's, you know, kind of working within the industry to do. And then um, I'd like to kind of dig in a little bit to kind of what's on the mind of the the members of the 4As, the people who are, are kind of leading our industry. Sure. 
The four A's is the leading industry trade association. And its role is to empower member agencies to be successful, spark connections and shape culture through creativity. So it is the leading organization. And I realized early on that I didn't begin my career in a major market, but I wanted to be really connected to the industry, what was happening, to be at the forefront of everything. So I've literally been a member of 4As in my 20s. You know, and then I've been on the board of the 4As for 15 years. And today I'm now the chair of the 4As. And I have to tell you that his, that kind of connection and the people I've met along the way have really been, uh, I think, instrumental in our success. Absolutely. So so what's keeping uh, kind of the board of the 4As and its membership up at night? What what are they, you know, most concerned about as, you know, we we move forward? I mean, I jotted down a few things, you know, is it in the impact of AI? How are you talking about remote and in-office culture in terms of work? Um, I've been reading a lot about, you know, the, you know, kind of perhaps itchy, scratchy relationship between agencies and clients, particularly when it comes to fee structure. So, I mean, I don't know how anyone sleeps at night with all of that going on. So can you tell us a little bit about the conversations you're having? Um, you know, the pandemic has changed everything. Yeah. And everything, you know, we were accelerating fast to begin with. But I think if you take it up to its highest level, it is um, relationships have really changed. And there's been some silver linings from the pandemic and there's been some things we have to deal with. The silver lining is, is that we all got to know each other, our teams and our clients as people. We were, we were in their bedrooms, in their kitchens, in their dens, at their dining room tables. We saw kids, you know, running behind them and dogs coming up. And there was this incredible amount of empathy and personalization. And then the world gets back and we kind of, you know, we have to remember, I just did a speech at the ANA on the power of relationships and how they are changing, how important they are, because there's so much change, but nothing happens on a shaky ground. So if a CMO only has a, a 60 um, month tenure and you're always, they're always looking to change. Yeah. How can their agency truly be a partner and help them lead through that change? So yes, there's more um, change in agencies. There's more project work. There's less commitment. And I'm like, you got to go back to being married. You got to go back to being, you know, at least committed so that we can help guide and lead and coach each other through these really tough times. Um, the whole idea of um, hybrid work has changed everything. And one way, I think it's absolutely amazing and we'll never go back to working the way we did again. And I really think it's amazing for women because um, we don't, like when I was going up, growing up through the industry, you know, you had to stay at nine o'clock for someone to think you were serious. And yeah. now it's about accountability and flexibility and really being accountable for what you do. It's not about nine to five. Um, I do think it makes it harder to create culture. And so we've had to redefine how we create culture. So we have people back in the office for learning and connections and community. And we use, and the teams decide when they're back and when they're meeting. And what they do has to reflect the accountability of their client. 
So I, I, all of that, there's a lot of change, but all of that I think um, is, is it made us change and it made us change for the better in a way. Um, there's always something new and there's nothing that, the, that we in this industry, one thing we're really good at is embracing change and, can, you know, and controlling what we can control. AI is a huge, it's going to just, it's going to be a huge disruptor just the way digital was, you know, yes. 10, 15 years ago. But I think if we can guide each other, client and agency and guide it together, um, I see AI as a huge, um, um, right now, a thought starter, accelerator. Um, you know, we used to sit around and say, oh, we need, um, what, are, what were the top 10 songs in the 60s that inspired us? And everyone would come around and, you know, write down what they thought. Now you put that into AI, you got it in a minute. Um, we need an image for a presentation that's on a beach, but it's in the form of a, a moe or something. And like mm -hmm. it comes up, you know, so all of that is great. We don't have to spend time doing that. We can put more time spending it on creativity and money, putting our ideas into the marketplace. But I love this. And this is our head of innovation. He says, and I um, think of generative AI as the world's smartest and dumbest marketer simultaneously. It can create <laughs> a lot of incredible ideas very quickly, but it also has no idea if these ideas are value, viable, culturally acceptable, or even legal. We're mainly using it as an idea starter for now. And I think that's just, you know, it's it's another tool and it'll get smarter and it'll get better and more will come, but we can't like put it, you know, we can't say we're not allowing this into our, you know, our, our work, it, it will come into our work and we have to find the best ways to utilize it. Well, and I think to that point, as you know, if we want to remain the intelligent, you know, uh, humans that um, help to guide and shape what we do with information, then we have to begin at the beginning uh, as AI becomes more available to us and makes information more available to us if we put up our hands and say right. no 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 i don't i i can't i don't i won't well then you know what someone else will yes exactly uh, and and that's you know the ownership of it and and you're right to you know liken it to digital 15 17 years ago when we weren't quite sure what that was going to be and it could only be what we would help to allow it to be and open our eyes to what it could be. And now we can't imagine the world without it. We can't imagine our world without it. So right, right. very important. We just, we just had some fun with AI for Mother's Day. We asked AI um, what a mother of today looks like image, you know, from an image perspective. And we put all of these descriptive, we did a survey in the agency and everybody had to give three words to describe what mother, what a mother meant and we had these most beautiful images and it was just fun it was like and in our world there's not this this one definition of what a mother looks like or what a mother is or what it's, it's evolved with our culture so it was beautiful it was actually a fun way to do it you know
Well, and then back to what we do, you know, in marketing and advertising in terms of understanding consumers, we know there's not one consumer, there's not one way that we describe them, there's not one way that they behave, and our work needs to reflect that. So if AI helps us to reflect more of what consumers, people, humans are doing, we'll do a better job of engaging with them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... We've learned that there's only a certain amount of time that we can ask our students to listen to a podcast before they start to drift. So there's one more thing that I want to ask you, um, because the thing that is most on their minds as they go through their coursework, as they move forward from being freshmen to sophomores to juniors, and then suddenly they're seniors and starting to think about their professional path. What do you think is important for young professionals to consider as they begin to craft that career path? And when you talk about that, if you would also maybe in, kind of talk with them about how they might engage with the four A's um, as a learning experience and as a networking opportunity perhaps to move that career path along. Yeah, um, I'm gonna start there. I think there's, um you can go to 4As.com and there is so much free training. You can just go on, learn the different disciplines. Um, there's also a membership at the university level for the 4As, which gives you that next layer. But there's MAEP, which is uh, internships for diversity students. There's training programs. There's student memberships. I just think there's committees that you can get involved with. There's events in various cities and so my one big um, piece of advice is there's been a lot of research on this at, at the university level is about how students need to really think about building their social capital. And there's two ways, you know, and networks are made up of strong ties and weak ties. Strong ties are your family and your close friends, and that's really important. But weak ties are your acquaintances or those people you meet at a seminar or you might meet out or you might meet at an event. And research shows that your weak ties are absolutely more helpful to you than your strong ties. And so if you've loved somebody's speech or you met somebody who touched you in a way, send a note, ask for their information, build your social capital because it's really important. There was another article just recently in the Wall Street Journal saying that the worst advice for college students graduating is to follow your passion because they're saying if you follow your passion, you'll actually limit yourself. You have to understand what you like, but you also have to think about what your career path is. And it it, it actually talked about following your passion will keep you on gender tracks, like women will be helping people and, you know, doing this mm -hmm. and that will go to STEM and math. And that's, you know... Uh, technology. So like the idea of making yourself a little uncomfortable and exposing yourself to many things. Like I didn't even know there was a career in advertising when I graduated from college. You know, I just got exposed to it after college. Yeah. You know? So I would just, you know, think that uh, it's really important. And look, at say you end up with 10 people in your, you know, when you start to build your social capital, each time you go to something, two more, one more, you know, I just think that um, 
in my career, my the people I've met along the way have totally helped me be successful. Great. Well, I want to thank you for giving us your time, uh, your the benefit of your your experience and your talent. Um, it's it's been a pleasure talking with you. I want to encourage our students to check out the forays. I want to encourage them to reach out to you through LinkedIn uh, and to remember that the more they kind of reach out and and expose themselves to things that they don't yet know, the more likely it is that their career path will actually start to unfold before them. So thank you so much, Sharon Napier from Partners in Napier. Thank you for having me. This has been Conversations with the Creators, sponsored by St. John's Master's Program in Integrated Advertising Communications. Thanks to all our guests, my colleagues Professor Audrey Siegel-Mavora, Kevin James, Christine Munk, and our producer Miriam Prever. Keep on ideating.